Everybody, what is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining and Merry Christmas. Today, we are in Genesis 1, 1 through 2, 26 through 28, and Genesis 3, 1 through 15. And all month long, we're having young adults and their leaders join us on the Join the Journey podcast. And today, I am here with one of my genuinely very dear friends. Best friends. Best friends. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, it's Emily Engstra. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Emma. I'm excited to chat with you in these cool headphones. I'm so glad you're here. It's like bring your best friend to work day. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. uh, Emily, for those who don't know you, would you share just a little bit about what God's done in your life and then what you're up to today? Yeah, that's great. Uh, so I've been coming to Watermark maybe for about four years, but grew up in the in the church, but I'd say more of like a Southern Baptist background. Sure, so sure. Little, little on the legalistic side. Sometimes, my parents. Sure. And so I grew up kind of being like, okay. In California, right? Well, my dad's a Marine, so we moved, moved every two years okay. or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You lived so, everywhere. Exactly. But uh, so I kind of grew up being like, okay, I, this is right. This is wrong. There's not a lot of grace sometimes for mistakes. And so why would I want to follow a God that is just— kind of judging everything that I do. And I feel like I can never measure up, so I'm not really going to try. Um, but I, I was telling everyone I was a Christian. So fast forward to my high school year, I was on the cheer team. And my cheerleading friends, they all knew I was a Christian, even though I was still going out and doing mm. everything they were doing. And uh, one of my best friends on the cheer team, her brother was uh, schizophrenic, actually. Oh, wow. And so he ended up killing her mm. and their mom. And my whole cheer team came to me, and they were like, Emily, you're the only Christian on the cheer team. You need to speak at the assembly. You need to pray over for us. For the school. For the school. Wow. So there was, like, news people there, and they're like, you have to get up there and pray. And I'm like, I have no idea where she went. I don't know what happened. I don't know what's going to happen to wow. me. Wow. So everyone thought yeah. Emily's the Christian yeah. icon. She's exactly. The girl, and but internally— Your heart was in turmoil. No. I was, like, very stressed. And it's spooky because probably two, three weeks before she told me, Emily, I feel like I'm going to die really young. I don't know Mm. why. I've never heard anyone say that in my life. And so, anyways, that kind of trajected me into I need to figure out what I actually believe. So it wasn't, like, an overnight thing. And I'm very Mm -hmm. logical. And I'm very, like, I have to read books and gain knowledge. That's why we get along. This is why we get along. Exactly. So the next 10 years—I mean, even now, I'm, like, trying to learn 24-7. But because of that— like death out of like nowhere, a lot of anxiety mm. started forming. And I, I almost have like FOMO in like an aggressive way where I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to share the gospel with this person. They're going to die. Mm-hmm. I have to. And it was a lot of pressure. Mm. But the more I began to trust Jesus and kind of rely on him and learn more about him and fall in love with him, I realized it's not up to me. If God uses me, that's great. But otherwise, like, I can trust that this person's going to hear the Gospels. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always have to be me. And so now my life is still marked with a lot of anxiety, but it's a lot more of peace, and it's a lot more of knowing that I'm walking with someone who's carrying this burden for me. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I've been in Watermark four years now, and it, I really align with it theologically, which I love because that's super important to me. And I work at DoorDash which not as a driver. Yes, come on. <laughs> we all know. We're know. all putting in our orders I hoping know. we'll get you as a driver. <laughs> My parents are like, what? No, I am an executive sales recruiter, so I just interview people all day long and give them jobs. And you help onboard new 
we call them leaders, but new volunteers at, at the porch. porch. Exactly. Yes, I lead roundabouts. My last year, I'm rolling off. It's so sad. Next week, and we're going to recruit you to come serve for Join the Journey. You already recruited my husband. We did. Oh, so <laughs> maybe did. I should jump. You could jump in, serve together. I <laughs> That'd love be it. Fun. Well, hey, we've got to talk about Genesis. Okay. And so, I, I, I mean, I could talk to you all day, but <laughs> I want to know as you read these passages, what stood out to you? Okay, as I'm reading Genesis, first it was a little bit like I'm spiraling because there's all this great theology and literature that you can read about God mm-hmm. and what He created. But I think for someone who struggles with anxiety and kind of chaoticness, knowing that God created the heavens and the earth, that didn't have any—it had no form. It was without void. And He created something that He could dwell in eventually, mm-hmm. and He gave it order and perfect— kind of meaning, which I think was huge for me. It kind of made me rest in like a chaotic world where I'm like, no, God created this and he created the people and he wants to dwell with us. As my initial thought when I first read Genesis 1. Yeah. Which is good. Okay. He wants to dwell with us, which is a very Christmas season. Yes. And also he created us in his image. And actually he said in our image, which I think he's hinting at, the Trinity. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yes. Which, you know, I mean, depending on depending on the version that you're, you're reading. That you're reading. Yes, no, I that's think what that most of them, though, are going to say, in let us image. make man in our image. Okay, good. And it's such a, even later on in our reading plan this month, we'll read John 1. Yeah. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. All things were created through the Word. Right. Well, and he made man that's, and that's female. That's the paraphrased version. But yes. Yeah. Man and female in his image as mm-hmm. well, which is interesting too. So he made us so he could have a relationship with us. That's literally why he made us, which is helpful for me to remember. Where mm-hmm. I'm not just here doing good works. Yeah. God wants to like dwell with us. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you this. You've kind of got this paradox. You've got Genesis 1. Mm-hmm. God creates everything. We see chaos move into order. We see people made in our image. We see the Trinity present. And then you get Genesis 3. Everything falls apart. It's shattered. What stood out to you there? What really stood out to me and in what I'm thinking is just the free will that God Mm -hmm. gives us where it's like he doesn't want us to be in a relationship with him Mm -hmm. if we don't want to. He doesn't want to force anything Mm -hmm. because he's good and perfect and holy and his sovereignty. He doesn't want to say, hey, Emma— I want to create you. You're beautiful. You're perfect in my sight. By the way, you have to love me. Yeah, you're my robot. You're my robot. So when I saw the fall and free will and kind of come into it and also us trying to be like God Mm -hmm. and thinking that we can do things better Mm -hmm. and take control, which not to pull the female card— I want to take control all the time. <laughs> I'm always trying to take control. I don't control. know if that's a gender thing. <laughs> okay. It's all people. <laughs> okay. But, well, that but is maybe true. not. That's true. Maybe it's a girl problem. I mean, I just feel like I'm like, if something's out of my control, I'm literally like, ah, how do yeah. I? <laughs> how do I fix this? How do I fix this? Yeah. Yeah. And so, I don't know. Genesis 3, post, post chatting about how God mm-hmm. literally created us in his image, and then he gave us the free will to choose him back. And we decided not to, by the way, in the fall. It's mm-hmm. like we wanted to do things our own way. We mm-hmm. thought we could do it better. Is something that is, I think, the pinnacle of the gospel, too, of why we need Jesus, yeah. but he doesn't force us. Yeah, and that choice just evidences God's love for us. You think about, like, is an arranged marriage love initially? Right. Like, there's no way. The people don't know each other. They're meeting at the altar very soon before their wedding. Totally. Versus— American marriages today where hopefully you're choosing the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with. You marry them because you love them. That's the kind of relationship God wants with us. Well, and speaking of marriage, I got married in December. You and did. Le- and Happy let me, one year. Thank you. Well, let me tell you, it is not 
you're in love every single day. Let yeah. me just tell you, you're <laughs> choosing to love this person every single day. Yeah. And you're working on that early. And I think about God all the time in my mm-hmm. marriage because I'm like, you're right. If I don't spend time with my husband, we can drift. And I don't mm-hmm. know exactly what he's thinking. And I'm not close with him. And it's very similar. So I think it's perfect how God kind of predestined that with Adam and Eve. Yeah. And kind of the perfect marriage, what it should look like. Yeah, absolutely. And if people are following along in the reading plan this Advent season, or they have been all year, and they've got the journals, at the bottom of today's page, questions printed, and it and it is, how does Genesis set the scene for the story of the Bible? So if you're just jumping in for Join the Journey this holiday season, it's actually been a year-long reading plan where we started in Genesis, worked through the Old Testament story, and now we're looking at the Christmas story. Like, hey, this Jesus guy's finally here. Um, Emily, let me, I have some thoughts, but let me ask you first. How does Genesis set the scene for the story of the Bible leading up to Christmas? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, Leading up to Christmas specifically, which I like is, I mean, talking about from the very beginning, we're just Mm -hmm. doing a high level. Yeah. God created the earth, the heavens and the earth, right? Then he created man in his own image. Male and female, he created them. Then to move forward, because of the separation of sin, where Eve said, I can do this better on my own, it passes down generations Mm -hmm. and generations and generations of just eternal separation from God. And I, what I like, I mean, the Old Testament is is great. It's very like historical, but mm-hmm. I love the New Testament leading up to Christmas because it really is the climax of like the Bible from my point of view of saying, hey, these are how far my people have gone. I need to send them yeah. a savior yeah. too. And it's and he wanted to. It's not like he's like, I want to give you someone in your in like the actual image of man who is tested with everything that mm-hmm. you're tested with, all the same sins who's going to be perfect and yeah. who will save you from yourselves, basically. That's so good, Emily. I love that you said generation to generation because I think of the last verse in today's reading, 315, that from the woman would come a child who'd crush the head of the serpent. Yeah. And if I'm living during Adam and Eve's day, like every time I have a kid or a kid is born, I'm thinking, is this the child that will crush the serpent? Is this the child that will triumph over evil? And it's like Cain and Abel. Okay, who's most likely going to be the son who will triumph over evil? Probably not Cain, but then Abel dies. And it's like, oh, tough. Abel's not the one. He's <laughs> right. gone. He, he didn't. He's not the child that will grow up and, and crush the head of the serpent. So you see that depravity just get worse and worse. And it almost feels like all hope is lost. Yeah. Even thinking the 400 years of silence that God made this promise in Genesis 3 that a kid would come, but as you point out, the depravity just becomes more and more evident and the need for that child more and more evident. And then boom, it's Christmas. Like <laughs> Jesus is here. You know what I'm saying? Right. No, so it's, it's good. Um, we're about out of time. Oh, okay. I know it went quick. <laughs> I know. Any final thoughts? Um, let's see. Per- I love a personal application okay. because it sometimes I read scripture and then I move on with my day instead yeah. of— uh, we all are guilty of it. I know. Yeah. So when I read this, I have to remind myself that I'm in need of a Savior for sure, but that all also I was created in His perfect image. And so yeah. how am I going to act out in that perfect image knowing with confidence that I am who God wanted to create mm-hmm. specifically how mm-hmm. I look and how I talk and how I act like God well not how I act sometimes <laughs> but how I look you know <laughs> this is what God created perfect in his sight so moving forward I think it's important for me to remember that and also the need for Jesus and why we celebrate Christmas I get so distracted with gifts Emma <laughs> yeah same <laughs> 
<laughs> but so moving forward, I'm just saying every single day, it's like picking up that cross and making sure that I'm like, okay, I'm imperfect in his image. Also, God wants to be in a relationship with me. So how do I dwell in his presence and how do I actually reciprocate that relationship? Yeah, that's good, Emily. Thank you for sharing transparently. I I love to hear it. I'm encouraged. So glad you're here. Uh, We are well on our way toward our goal of 1,000 reviews by the end of January. So if you haven't left a review, Emily, please do. I I will as I leave. Thank you. As you you walk out of this room, (laughs) I I hope and pray. Uh, But as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.